Oh yeah. What's going on, folks? Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the show. It's John Lynn, Over the Counter Culture, coming at you. Mid-December, holiday season's in full swing. And speaking of swing, how about those sweet tunes? Oh my goodness, that is the Snake Oil Medicine Show. Uh, one of my friends, Caroline Pond, who currently lives in Hawaii, she uh, that's one of her bands. Uh, the, most of that band, I believe, lives in North Carolina, but they're like family. And so, you know, they're not playing right now, but I, I feel pretty confident in saying that they will always be a band. <laughs> and we'll always be making music together. But, uh, yeah, Snake Oil Medicine Show. Great stuff. I'm going to talk to Caroline in a couple days. Uh, going to have her on the show. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I'm excited about the holiday season. I love this time of year. Love the lights. My house is decked out in lights. Love the candles. Love the cookies. Love the food. Love the community and the friends and the friendship. And uh, it's just good stuff. Good stuff. Also mindful that um, that some people uh, have a hard time during the holiday season. Might uh, might have bad memories or just uh, missing people. Maybe not have a, a, a community to lean into. So it's, it's a time of year to be mindful. Mindful of that and uh, look for people to help, to invite into your hearth and home and, and all that. So... Um, yeah, something to, something to think about. So, speaking of home, a couple weeks ago, uh, local shaper, surfer, family man, Tal Hazelhurst, came over to the house after a surf session. with the, We met him and his family at the beach with my daughters, traded a few waves, played in the sand, then we came over to the, the front porch and talked story for an hour, hour or so. Um, I first became aware of Mr. Tal and his surfboards because I uh, noticed a lot of really unique looking longboards and midlinks at the poles where I surfed at Hannah Park. Uh, they all had like really wild resin tents and just super colorful and people were surfing really well on them. Uh, in particular, there's a there's a, a grommet. I don't know if he's a grommet. 20 years old, is that considered a grommet? I'm not sure. Well, tell you what, Gus Four, he's, uh, he, he's the guy I'm talking about. Just surfs with so much style just a delight to watch he serves Tal's boards and just serves them so well so anyways Tal and I got to talking and uh yeah we're a lot alike it was a fun conversation he's been all over the world um he's a beekeeper uh just a good dude come from the same cloth local boy from uh from here in Jacksonville but been around and uh so we sat down a couple weeks ago and then I was putting this episode together, and he sent me a text message with with some thoughts that he wanted to, to put out into the world. So I'm going to read read those thoughts. He's got, he's good with words. So it's about just shaping in his general uh, view on life. It says, "It gives me an indescribable feeling to see somebody enjoying themselves on something I created." I'm not a very articulate speaker, so forgive my rambling and rabbit trails. And I tell you what, Tal, we're all not very articulate speakers. You do just fine. So back to Tal. Just like the surfers inexplicably find deep meaning and solace and pointless and non-productive activity, building surfboards is a nihilistic and absurd pursuit. We spend great amounts of effort, time, and money 
organizing our lives around riding waves. We forego jobs, limit ourselves to the narrowest of geographical locations, and structure our existence chasing the fleeting rush of nirvana. We become dependent on the drug, the energy of waves. In that process, people are transformed into something different than they were before. All of us interact with other people in the water, and we may be completely different types of people. But there is a shared understanding that this pointless activity that we love so much isn't actually pointless at all. It's something that can define who we are and be an agent of change, healing, and recognition of those outside ourselves. Being a board builder, just like being a surfer, is a lifelong journey. It's a process of learning, adapting, and being humble enough to forever be a student. It's creating something that can be a vehicle of self-improvement for the user. It's finding moments of harmony and quiet amidst the chaos. It's the best job in the world, and I'm so thankful that there are people who identify with and enjoy the boards I make. Just as there is no perfect person, there's no such thing as a perfect surfboard, but as we perpetually seek the imaginary and illusory idea of a perfect wave or wave riding craft, that seeking informs our consciousness and leads us down paths of actualization and improvement. Man, that's good stuff, Tao, man. I'll tell you what, uh, this is speaking me personally, John Lynn here, uh, becoming a surfer and, and uh, choosing surfing as a, a lifelong pursuit, one of the best things I ever did. It's taken me all over the world to interesting places. It's kept me outside and in touch with the natural world, which I think is super important, especially in a, our industrialized society. And it's introduced me to a lot of great people over a lot of different cultures. And I just am very thankful. And if uh, you are a surfer or if you in are inspired to become one and you need yourself a longboard or a mid-length or a fish, uh, you should look up Tal on his boards. His uh, Fish Bird is the name of his, his surfboard brand. And uh, you can find him on the internet. You can find him on Instagram. And if you're out at the poles in Hannah Park and you see a, a super colorful uh, longboard or mid-length, it's probably one of his. I think his uh, logo is like a pelican fish. It's pretty cool. It's got a good story behind it, the, the label. So... Let's go ahead and get to it, man. It's good, good hanging out with Tal and his family, and glad he was on the show. Nice. So, uh, Avondale, how long you lived in Avondale? Uh, since right before my daughter was born, so like four years, four and a half years now. Is that where you're from? Well, sort of. I was like born in Ortega. Yeah. And then, like, when I was in middle school, we moved to the Keys. Really? Yeah. And, um,. Then, like, after college, just kind of bounced around, you know, obviously we were married, and then when the, when she got pregnant, we're like, let's just move back to Jacksonville. We were down in South Florida, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's not, like, the most kid-friendly place, <laughs> you know. So you are born in Jacksonville. Yeah. Grew up yeah. in Ortega. Mm-hmm. Like, what then, part of Ortega? Like, right on the river over there? Um, that's, that's a nice no, part No, not on the river, just kind of, like, back in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was called Milam Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's fun, but... Now my parents live back over there. They live in like Ortega Forest mm-hmm. yeah, on the other side. Yep, they're like that part of town. They're like right up against the train tracks. <laughs> and so every time, I mean, my kid loves it. Yeah, he's like, oh, train, train, but yeah, it's loud. But, uh, yeah, it is loud. But when I was I was a kid, we moved to Florida in uh, when I was five, and we moved to, we moved to Avondale, where we were living. My dad was a minister out there, 
And we were only out there for like three years until we got a job out here at the beach. But when we moved out here to the beach, I was crushed. Yeah. There's no train. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because my, school, my elementary school was by the train tracks, and we used to play on the train tracks all the time mm-hmm. and like count trains and the whole deal. We used to go down, you know, you know Ortega Forest is that bridge, you know? Mm-hmm. And underneath that bridge is like a great fishing spot, especially oh, yeah. if you're a kid who doesn't have a boat. Yeah. And so, yeah, we used to jump the train tracks and go walk down them and then jump down there and go fish underneath them. It's always like now I would, I would never let my kid do that Not, and like just because there's like sketchy homeless people yeah. underneath that bridge and you know we didn't think anything of it when we were kids like no your parents oh, probably oh, didn't either like, no they didn't, like, take yeah. off yeah. once the lights come back on you need to be here yeah. for now go go entertain yourself that's funny why did they why why the keys like why did your family move to the keys uh, my they went down there on vacation and like he just got a job like he was my dad had like an industrial supply company and he kind of sold it sort of and was I think looking for something to do and interviewed and they came back from a week in the Keys and they're like oh guess what we're moving to the Keys (laughs) did you know what that was were you like Uh, we had been when I was like a little kid so I kind of had a concept of what it was but not really like it was Were you excited? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I mean, you know, were you excited for the move when they were like, yeah. when you were like, sweet, are you like, no? I, no, I, I, we, I was like going to a, like a Catholic school with people I didn't really know. Like I kind of just went there and it's like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's do it. And I love to fish and stuff. So yeah. moving down there was like a dream for that. I guess yeah, yeah. if you were fishing under that bridge. Yeah. All and the time, your family yeah. was like, guess where you get to fish yeah. now? Like, oh. Yeah. And we, we got a boat, like, as soon as we moved down there, like, a little uh-huh. flats boat, so, yeah, it was, it was, it's like a little town, too. It's mm-hmm. like Atlantic, you know, Atlantic yeah. Beach, Neptune Beach size, so you know everybody. What but part of the Keys? We're in Isla Mirada, yeah. My favorite right, right, part. Right yeah, there. it's the best, best part, for sure. <clears throat> and so, what, middle school, high school? Yeah, I think I was, like, All that? 13, yeah, like a little skateboard punk You're kid. like, the perfect age. Yeah, I know. place like that. It's great. And then, you know, I met, obviously I met my wife down there, like high school sweethearts. I don't she think. a Keys local? Yeah, well, she moved there like, candy. she moved there like the year after I did. Mm-hmm. So like, she was, you know, we met down there and then, but she was from all over the place, you know, yeah. her, her dad owned a company and lived everywhere. So, Interesting. Yeah. But, uh, huh. yeah, and then went to college in South Florida, lived in Kansas for a while. Just before or after college? After. After, yeah. I think I was in my 20s. Yeah. Or where'd you go to college? Uh, at West Palm Beach, at Northwood University. Okay. My wife went to Palm Beach Atlantic. Ah. Yeah. I was looking into Palm Beach it's Atlantic. That's a nice I was looking into schools because Reef Road, you know? Yeah, I know. There's ways down there. So mm. we, and during, she, I think we were still in college, but we lived on Palm Beach Island. And no like, way. I mean, the tiniest apartment you've ever seen. Like, we, we, like those hammocks we didn't have beds we just hung hammocks no up in the apartment yeah because we could hang you know you move them out of the way and have some yeah. floor space okay did you have two separate hammocks or yeah, we had two, yeah, yeah we had two hammocks yeah we lived together but we had them share the same yeah thing. no <laughs> but like we had them hung right next to each other so <laughs> that's nice. two hammocks but we're still smushed up you can hold hands and have yeah, some contact right. okay that's good but we lived right at that's um fun. there's there's oleander road and which is like a little surf break. It's mm-hmm. before all that big wall in Palm Beach Island starts. Yeah. And then Reef Road was like, you know, you couldn't walk there, but like you could ride your bike to it. Nice. Yeah. 
it's funny like everybody goes there to surf but that's ru- like where Rush Limbaugh's house is like, really? he's got that big compound and you walk right along his wall to get out to the spot there no way yeah, there's always like big DJ suits like <laughs> checking you out making sure you're not messing with it he lives on the beach and put it down there yeah big gorgeous giant house on the ocean Hmm. Yeah, right at the end of Reef Seems pretty angry for living right there. Yeah, the I, beach. I, it does seem pretty hard to be angry when that's your view. Yeah, but that's his. I mean, that's his shtick, being angry. Yeah. So maybe. And you, if you look, so is he pissed off on 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 the microphone and then turns off the show and he's like, ah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think it is to some extent a character <laughs> that he plays. I mean, it's gotta be. But it's a lucrative character to play. I think. What is he? The last I heard, and this was years ago. I think he was making a million dollars a week. 50 something million dollars a year just to scream at people on the, on the radio but well, well I guess to afford beachfront palm uh, yeah palm right. beach you might need a million dollars were you surfing already when you lived there a little what? bit yeah so like I mean the first time I ever surfed you know the guy Gnarly Charlie mm. I took a surf lesson from him when I was Did like, probably really? 10 or 11 no you know Charlie Hayjack that's fantastic yeah yeah and he's still doing stuff with yeah, palms yeah. and so like <laughs> Being like an in-town kid, like we didn't, you know, you didn't get to get out here that much. But mm-hmm. when we did, we would come surf. Oh, so you took the lessons from him while you were here in Jack's? Yeah, before we moved uh, to the Keys, okay. yeah. So I was like, I grew up skating, like a yeah. little skate rat on the west side, mm-hmm. you know, trespassing to get on the stairs and Back stuff. we had skate parks at Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we would go to Kona, but that was the only place. Yep. And... Yeah, I mean, we were, we would get chased off. I mean, we used to we used to skateboard downtown at the Federal Building. No way. And like, you know, you go on the weekends and you can get a couple runs in, and then you get chased off. But like, and why my mom ever took us down there to do that is just All right, beyond kids, me. get in the car. We're gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> go bomb some some parking garages in the Federal yeah. Building downtown. But That's yeah, great. so but did you ever do Friendship Park with the little yeah the little oh spiral yeah the thing? stairs? I've got a scar on like the butt on my butt right now because I, I went down that stair and just like something at the bottom just stuck and I just right to, and ripped my pants and like Ugh. huge amount of blood and I'm like you know yeah I've got I love downtown but I don't think you could get away with that anymore it's like they're trying to make it nice and mm-hmm. so they I'm sure they chase off the skateboarders but not yeah. like the sketchy people like yelling at you yeah for <laughs> sure but I don't know that's kind of the nice thing about living in town like because I go through downtown mm-hmm. on Union Street to get here, yeah, it's like it's such a stark contrast. Like you know, people, I mean, there's like dozens of people lined up for soup every day. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it makes you feel kind of fortunate. You know, to, Definitely, to it's a big see difference. that and then come out here. And it's not like super wealthy out here, but it's a it's a little bubble for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Union Street to like what Wonderwood to how you do yeah, it, yeah, then yeah. straight Going down Wonderwood to, to Hannah Wonder- Park. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that's actually not even that far. Like, nope. It's like in the morning for Dawn Patrol, and there's no traffic. I'd be out here in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's so, yeah, not too bad. So nice. Uh, so Charlie Hayjack. Yeah. Got you out in the water. Yeah. Moved to the Keys. There's waves in the Keys. Yeah. So I did. I did kiteboarding, right? So I, I worked at like a boat rental and jet ski dock. Mm-hmm. And my boss, who owned it, was like a professional kiteboarder and like operated this tour event series. Really? And like, we, I was never great at it. Like, but he, dude, I mean, like 70, 80 foot airs, like, he's just gone, like, flying basically. 
And so I would take him out, like, we'd, we'd take a jet ski out during hurricanes. Yeah. And I'd run him out to the reefs. And that's really the only time they break in the Keys is uh-huh. when there's, like, a... You know, most of those reefs are in, like, 20 feet of water. So it's got to oh, be it's real deep, huh? big. Yeah, it's got to be real big for him to break. But they do occasionally. And we'd yeah. go out and, I mean, just watching him, do it's ridiculous. Wow. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of whipping... It's almost like you get towed into a wave a little bit because they're, they're big rollers, and then all of a sudden they kind of heave up. So he'd whip himself in and then launch off the lip and just, like, literally, you can barely see him. There's, like, this little dot, like, spinning. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like, with hurricane force winds? Or yeah, just like... yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it like it doesn't get good kiteboarding until it's, like, 20 knots. Yeah. You know? Then you can break out the kite that's real maneuverable. You can do wow. big, they call them kite loops. Basically, you to get up and do a big air you have to keep the kite moving so that there's enough force to keep you up in the air so you're like doing barrel rolls with the kite that's yeah it's wild but i was never good at that <laughs> so but, uh, scary yeah we were when i moved back like we were hanging out at the beach with a buddy of mine who surfs and like it was like tiny right like maybe waist high at the most but he's you know i was watching he, but from behind the waves you know we're standing up and he's catching these little waves on like a little tiny groveler thing like just see him get covered up yeah. you know those perfect glassy summer days i'm like all right i need to get back into surfing <laughs> and so since then yeah i've been pretty much as much as possible yeah you know? was this after uh kansas yeah 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 this is so, so my keys daughter to kansas or keys to south florida to kansas yeah, Why yeah. Kansas well and we so we lived all over so we lived in new york for a while um, we lived in Kansas, lived in Missouri. Yeah, we lived in South Florida. Like, we kind of bounced around, mm-hmm. mostly for jobs. Like, she did marketing stuff and it's like, get recruited here and then not to move. And yeah, yeah. But then, so I was like, had to do something that you could kind of do everywhere. So I was a commercial beekeeper. Really? Yeah. So, wow. and like, could kind of do that everywhere. And not so much in Kansas, but when we were in New York mm-hmm. and then in South Florida, that's like a big hub of it down there. Really? And so I traveled all over the place. We'd go to California what? and then like, it's like a big loop. We basically follow spring, right? Follow pollination blooms. Really? And so we did go to Montana, Maine, Massachusetts. You traveled to all these places yeah, with the bees. Yeah, with the bees, yeah. And we had like, depending on the time of year, like almost 10,000 beehives. Wow. So like multiple semi-trucks full of beehives. And so you would drive the bees from place to place yeah. following spring, following the pollen? Yeah, basically. Really? Yeah, so we'd like, we'd fly out there, set all the bees out in a field, and then fly home for like a month, yeah. and then go back and pick them up, and then go to the next spot. Home was wherever you guys were. Pretty much. I mean, we had like a base area. camp in, in South Florida. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we moved around. That's super know. interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool job. How'd you find yourself with, into bees? Like, where'd that come from? Just randomly, we... We were driving around, like, taking hikes and stuff, and we saw some beehives one day. My wife's, like, you know, got a new camera and was taking pictures of them. And yeah. she's like, we should go look into that and go to this, like, beekeepers meeting, like an association meeting. Yeah. And, like, the guy was, he gave a speech and stuff, and I started talking to him, and he was like, oh, yeah, come come give it a shot. Like, come try it, and just kind of became a job. It's super so, interesting. Yeah, it's cool. College experience was not about no, that No, no, dude, though. I went to school for economics and finance wow did you graduate with a degree in that no i could dude i I got like an uh you know an internship yeah and i I always liked the 
to learn about economics and stuff but then the actual work of being in finance I just I just hated it yeah I was like three or four months into an internship I'm like no not your environment yeah it's just basically and I'd already I already had a job doing bees at that point I'm like I can just do this this is great so yeah yeah, yeah. just kind of stuck with it yeah I didn't there's no way I could be in an office every day and and have to talk to people in an official capacity yeah yeah, (laughs) I get that I mean, it's interesting to learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe your day to day. I think the more I learned about it, the more I did. was just sort of like, oh, that this is not a great thing. <laughs> like, yeah. just the people you got to be around, like, so cutthroat, so competitive. It's not really me. Yeah, it's like the the typical millennial. Like, you got to go to college, and then you realize, oh, I don't really need to go to college for what I wanted to actually do. So. What do you want to actually do? Man, right now, I think I'm into shaping surfboards. It's yeah. becoming a, a full-time thing here pretty quick. Yeah, it seems to be that way. You're being pretty productive. I mean, I could do a lot more. I could definitely... I could probably double the number of boards I'm doing right now mm-hmm. and still be, you know, not completely underwater, but I'm not trying to force it, you know? Yeah. I mean? Like, try to do it organically. And, and so far, it's worked. Nice. And I started just making boards for myself, and then like, oh, let me try that. And, uh, people started wanting them, and now I've, I think I'm doing four or five a month now. So, nice. Yeah. That's pretty, they're sweet boards, too. So, you, baby. Yeah. You were in Kansas or somewhere else? No. Well, and yeah. So, to come back here? We were living basically in West Palm Beach when she got pregnant. Gotcha. And we had just sort of just moved there. I think we lived there for like four months. Uh-huh. And uh, that was from Kansas. Yeah, we lived in Wichita, which is like the super nicest people in the world. But yeah, I've heard. It's like exactly what you think. It's Kansas. Like, yeah. there's nothing to do but develop a drinking problem. <laughs> it's like just boring. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's no good. Yeah. So West Palm, we back up here. Yeah. And so when, how, when, how long was that? And you go back to Jacks. I guess five years ago. Really? Yeah, somewhere around there. Oh, yeah, cool. So. And that's when you had that summer session. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's my buddy Danny. He's like, I'm just like here, take boards. You can just borrow whatever you want, and like, sort of. He's like, I've never been like a thruster, right? Like a short board. Mm-hmm. I'm just not really very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna try a fish and. I was watching that, you know that Volcom movie, um, Psychic Migrations? Yeah. It were Ryan Birch goes yes, and like, shit. Yes, He's yes, like, yes. I'm going to try that. Like, I can do that. And so just started, like, searching on the internet mm-hmm. and looking at videos and going to find out Surf Source is right here. That's the page <laughs> yeah. down the street. So, yeah, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so expensive to ship everything. Mm-hmm. And I realized they're in Jackson, though. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I know, man. What a blessing that is. Totally. I mean... I don't know how guys do it. Like I, I'm like a a moderator on this like backyard surf like shapers page on Facebook, yeah. and there's guys in in you know I've got a friend in Greece right I yeah. talk to every day and like he's got to go to great lengths to do it. Like he has to order these huge bland, like chunks of EPS foam and then he hot wires them all himself and stuff just because he's. A thousand yeah. miles from yeah. the nearest supply shop. So that's crazy. I mean, people are ingenuity or have ingenuity, but yeah, I feel like I'm lazy in that respect. Just have this awesome supply store right here. Do we have a, a pretty uh, 
robust shaving community here because of Sorcerer's, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it definitely certainly makes it easy if you want to get into it, but I mean, we've got some awesome shapers in town. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Mike Wisnant is like, it's like a national treasure. Yeah. And he's uh, he's so humble too. Like, he's he'll, he'll never talk himself up, but like, he's an excellent shaper and has yeah. no problem Absolutely. sharing knowledge. Like, you can just stop by it. You know, I didn't even know him when I first met him at his shop. I'm like, just stop by, give me some pointers. Like, and he's super helpful. Like the nicest dude ever. But yeah, we've got we've got a fair amount of shapers, but a lot of them are getting getting up there in years. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, you got the the legends like Wisnet, Rozo, yeah, Jim Dunlop, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those guys. And even like, um, Clean Ocean, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not young. You know, I don't want to call them old guys, but. <laughs> Well, like, what, late 50s, 60s? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how old Mike is, but he's got gray hair and an epic mustache, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. And then, like, uh, well, we saw Rhino out in the water today. Yeah, Rhino, yep. And uh, uh, there's another, like, wasn't it, not protege, but uh, I had a board from Miller. Yeah, Miller, yeah. I had a board from him once mm -hmm. that was fantastic, and I, it got I left it at the beach on accident. Got all the way home and turned around. I was like, "Oh no!" I turned around. It was gone. gone. It wasn't a gust thing. Though. I was gone for hours. Hour, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've got. I haven't seen Miller doing too many boards lately. I haven't either. I mean, I know he's got like a real job. Yeah, you know, firefighter. Like firefighter I think, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, you and who? What's get ghetto? What's your, Sean yeah. Piper at ghetto. He he does really nice boards, and I I think we're sort of like the most similar and like he does not alternative shapes like you know, label stuff like that but he he does you know does all his own glassing yeah does you know stuff that's a little different than you know the typical white board that you get in this yeah. shop but but uh yeah. i think we could call it alternative a little bit because uh i forget who i was i was talking to well john lynch and uh yeah. raul yeah. on the beach today about because john lynch and i grew up surfing the old pier yeah, the old, old yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, we were kind of laughing because back then, when we were 13, 14, 15, everybody had the same board. It was like, and it was a, thru- it was a thruster. I had like a 6'3. Super thin. I had a 6'3 thruster, and I was 13. You yeah. Know, I don't even ride a 6'3 now. Yeah. I'm a grown man. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even allowed. To yeah, you can't ride else. It. You, yeah. Could, you only ride that because we had a friend, uh, still a friend of mine, Shane Catret, who was years ahead of his time. He used to ride a longboard. Not yeah. exclusively. Just get heckled. We used to get that guy yeah, so much course. shit for riding a longboard. Yeah. And he didn't care. And God bless that guy, man. I got so much respect for him because we would really razz that. It's hard to look at longboarders and, and see him catching all the waves and hate on them too much, <laughs> right? It's like, oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's alternative. There's just so many. There's yeah. just a way, way wider variety of surfboards to ride that's acceptable and embraced, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And I like what you guys are doing because you're, there's a, I mean, I wouldn't want to shape a thruster. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've d- okay. I do. I'm actually making one right now, but it's even that one is not, it's a little different. Like, it's almost like a little bit of a fish hybrid, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I think they've gotten so much better at figuring out rocker and foil that you can now ride a high performance thruster in almost anything, yeah. you know? But, man, back in the 90s, like, potato chip thin and tons of rocker and like that's what Slater was riding yeah exactly that's everybody wanted to ride the same thing as them but But Taylor was saying how 
good of an artist you are and so like yeah. having that gigantic space of creativity to like between the thruster and like 10 foot longboard there's yeah. a huge amount of space to yep and I think there's a lot it. of like it used what I was riding today like that 7 foot weird mid link thing yeah. like, that's one of the things that I think people haven't really figured out quite yet like mm-hmm. longboards pretty much know how to make a sick longboard yeah. same thing with like a fish or a thruster yeah. but like that seven to eight foot range traditionally been for like big guns you know right. or like lazy people yeah but man like those do really well when they're thin and have like hard rails and i don't know that's i've just been sort of obsessed with that when lately they didn't have hard rails like yeah it's got tons of hold i mean if you like a skatey board that has a lot of release you mm-hmm. will, you'll hate what i ride but <laughs> but uh yeah, it's just something about them. They just glide and turn, and you don't have to pump them. They just just point it down the line, and it goes. Well, that's an interesting link because uh, when as a grommet, you know, you had longboards, but there were surfers who were. And when I was a kid, thirty was old. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when the pro surfers were retired before they were thirty. But yeah, yeah. so you had this generation of older surfers, and, and a lot of them. Maybe quit surfing and got back into it. Yeah. And it was, I remember it was the fun shape. The fun shape. And yeah. I'd be like, oh God, yeah. it's kind of a fun shape. So exactly. it's not a long board, it's not a short board. Yeah. He's just riding it like a lame yeah. person, which is a yeah. horrible thing to say. I think that's what people see, what, that's the what I've got. It's like, it's completely a different type of shape than that. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah like Alex Noss and a lot of those guys riding yeah. those mid length really creatively. Yeah. Um, which kind of puts a different. For me, who like when I think of like a seven two, I'm like, uh, uh. yeah, yeah. But then I'm seeing what you're riding, how you guys are riding those things, and it's fun. Like I said, I've never been like a ripper, you know, but I've always liked to cruise, and I'm, you know, that board has got such a thin tail that you can you can really lay on the rail, like you can you you know, I couldn't even set a fin box in it because it's like this really, the t- yeah, and it allows you to like on a cutback just really bog that rail in and and you know i mean it i don't know from the beach maybe it looks lame but (laughs) it feels cool well there was just one kind of ripping for a long time and now there's just a wider yeah well way to surf that's accepted people doing it well because you got Mm -hmm. got i mean i don't know you 20s i'm I'm 31 31 well you look like you're 25 the the sun's wearing quick though (laughs) you know (laughs) but you got younger guys who 20 years ago would only been riding a shortboard yeah. and doing the tail slides and the aerials riding mid links yeah and fish I think and the fish is doing some cool stuff like the fish is kind of that entrance into alternative stuff because mm-hmm. you can still rip on it yeah. right like a fish it's totally a rippable board but it draws a little bit different line you know it looks mm-hmm. weird you know compared to a you know, shortboard or whatever yeah and then that people that get into that kind of branch off into riding because that's what I did you know when I first started shaping you know I think most people who start shaping now they shape a fish first yeah because it's it's cool it's actually an easy board to get right Mm -hmm. it's basically just flat on the bottom right you know a little bit of a concave or a V or whatever but pretty much flat Mm -hmm. and it's hard to mess up a fish but guys that get into it yeah they ride a you know weird stuff like I'm riding now (laughs) Like the only thing I haven't gotten into is finless stuff. Just uh, so hard. Like I've our waves here. Are yeah, yeah. You gotta have a nice, like San Diego style wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I don't know. Just try to make fun stuff that regular people can ride. Like I'm not trying to compete with 
guys who actually know how to make a nice thruster. Like, right. just let them do their thing. There's and, a million people doing that. Yeah, kind of yeah. Well, in the computer shapes, like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to replicate that sort of thing. And it makes sense when you're making boards for people doing contests. Like, they want a very specific thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a different space. I don't need to try to... I mean, it's not like I'm competing with anybody, really, but... You know, let them do their thing because they do it well. well. There's definitely a space you can fill with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's, you've been shaving about four or five years-ish? Not even, man. I've been selling boards where people actually want them anyway for like a year. Really? And then, so I, probably two, two and a half years before that. Cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've always kind of doing beekeeping and like I did tree work for a while and always mm-hmm. been to carpentry yeah. and making stuff. So, yeah. I know how to use tools, so it's kind of not an easy transition, but tools it's... Tools are fun. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of, like, easier to pick up, I think, than if you had never really, if you not really yeah. manually inclined, so... But, uh, yeah, it's like, with the internet now, it's so easy to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, now the old the old school shapers, like, it's all real secret. And yeah. <laughs> you know, but now you just go online, and there's a million videos, and then let alone like the forums and stuff yeah, it's yeah. not too hard to learn i think our culture is putting more value in sharing passing yeah. on knowledge than, and than we used to there's no there's not really that many patents like think about like a snowboard or like any sort of recreation everything's so patented and locked down licensed out mm-hmm. there's nothing like that in shaping like yeah. you just make have an idea make it or see somebody else's idea and change it a little bit for your own needs and you know it's one of the things that's like probably my favorite thing about the industry mm-hmm. yeah but yeah well you got two young kids and so I traveled a lot before I, have, I had kids but once I had them still locally but not so yeah. much abroad for surf trips and stuff but have you ever been able to like go on a surf trip and shape not, for the waves not internationally to but I've got a friend who lives in Ocean Beach San Diego cool. and like he just lets me stay and lets nice. me use his truck when he's out there. He's, yes. he's a lineman, so he's like, he works super long hours. Lineman well, for like electricity. Yeah, so. yeah, those electric lines, yeah. Big transmission lines. Ooh. I'll see him like, he's on Instagram and like, he'll be hooked to a helicopter flying through the desert, like, check this out. This is wild. But uh, yeah, he, he's gone a lot, so he's like, yeah, just use my truck. And, and actually going out there, I'm making him a fish right now. Cool. And I'm going to go out there to deliver it to him. Nice. Like, Two hundred dollars or whatever to ship aboard. Three hundred bucks for a plane ticket. So it's like a no-brainer, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I've, not internationally since the kids have been alive. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've gone to California a couple times, and it's uh, such an easy surf trip. It's like basically the plane ticket and food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Especially if you've got a network of people out there, yeah. a good, good yeah. somebody to stay with. It's like he's. I mean, you can see the Pacific Ocean from his house. Nice. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. But that's cool, man. I've, I love taking surf trips and all. I haven't taken one in a while, but uh, just as a surfer, it's fun. But to be a shaper, yeah. Think, okay, to I'm going to go to Mexico to these sand yeah. bottom point breaks. What am I going to make yeah. to take? That but just a whole at another level. Yeah, of and I'm, I'm, I've sort of been like planting seeds. Like I've got a friend who's, in a, who's a Marine, and he I made him a board, and he got transferred to Hawaii Ooh. and he's like, I don't know if I trust the movers with these boards. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, 
buy me a plane ticket. I'll give you. I'll I'll just give you a quiver, right? Mm, you can yes. just keep it. I don't care. I'll, like three boards or whatever, and you just gotta let me ride them when I'm there. <laughs> and That's so, a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> so shape three boards. Take him to Hawaii. Take him to Hawaii. Him yep. He's gonna, you know, he'll let me stay uh, with him while I'm yes. there. So yeah, it's like planting little seeds, and eventually I have quivers around the world. I like uh, that. Yeah. That's a that's a great strategy. I know. No, and then you don't have to pay for board bag fees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that's funny. Yeah. And your kids are getting older too, so. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're ready to almost ready. Like, Pierre's so young. Like, it's hard to take a baby anywhere yeah. more than a few hours away. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, Eventually, I think we might we might try to go to Central America. But I don't know if you know Corey, like Devin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think she said they're going. They're going to get a house somewhere for like the whole summer. Nice. Just come on down. Like, don't have to ask me twice. No doubt. <laughs> That's a good crew. Yeah. And she's got her kids are about the age of yours. Yeah, right? almost, almost. I think her youngest is a little younger than Pierre, and Leander is a little older than Prem, but. Within like a couple months, so yeah, they they meld in together. It's super cool. I think that's one of my favorite things about uh, surfing. Hannah, Hannah is seeing just the bevy of kids. Yeah. And then you know a lot of the parents, like Corey, they just picked up surfing, mm-hmm. which is another cool thing about the midlinks and the longboards being yeah, so accepted in. now. It's like yeah, the barriers are way lower. Yeah, you don't have to struggle for a year or two yeah. before you can actually catch a wave. But yeah, I just made her a board. And, uh, Saw that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wrote it the other day. It's a fun board. It's really nice. <laughs> it's weird. I, I like. It's weird making boards that you don't really get to ride. Uh-huh. Like for a while, you know, I knew everybody that I was making boards with. You know, like first name basis, that sort of thing. And now mm-hmm. I'm making boards for people. Like I just give them, and then they go away, and I never see them again. Like oh, all right. But uh, you see her in the water, like Corey. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately, I know Corey. Corey. I know her enough to where she's like. Yeah, go for it. But, That's funny. Be funny to pal up with somebody that know who you are, who's bored. Yeah, and, you know, like, uh, and who are you asking around my board? Like, well, yeah, I made it. Yeah, Just, I made it. And you can say no, but if you don't mind, I'll let you try it. See how it is. Yeah, usually people are. I mean, even if you didn't make it, usually people will let you go oh, yeah. on their board if you're not an idiot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, What's it like? Uh, so with Gus, yeah, shaving for him. Dude, because he's he's young and a very stylish, so stylish, good surfer. Way, way better than he gives himself credit for. Mm-hmm. Super humble about it, but man, it's awesome having. Yeah, are somebody like pretty tight too. Yeah, right? yeah, we've gotten pretty close over the past year or so, and like we went to actually we went to California to spend a week oh, yeah, out there yeah, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's all stoked on surfing Malibu. So, oh yeah, which is like, a fun wave, man. Malibu was. We got it, dude. When we went to Malibu, we were expecting like. Typical Malibu, like crowded, like crazy. We got there and it was chest ahead high mm-hmm. and a little windy, like side shore wind. There's like 10 guys out and <laughs> we had the peak for like three hours. Yep. Like just as many waves as we wanted. It was wild. Like, yeah. It's funny, I had the same experience at Malibu. There's no, it was just a handful of guys and I'm like, seriously? I, I was ready for war. <laughs> it's just the funny thing about California is like, like we went to San Onofre. Oh yeah. And it was uh you know, like a beautiful day, like head high to a little overhead, no wind, and like two hundred guys out. Like really crowded. Yeah. But you know, Eddie is like 
20% of the surfers catch 80% of the waves. Mm-hmm. I think in California, it's like 95-5. Like, there's like so many people out there that have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 guys who are just straight rippers. Like, yeah. was that, actually, Ryan Birch was there that day. And then Tommy Witt. Oh, cool. And we were with, hanging out with CJ Nelson. So we were, like somehow Gus knows CJ Nelson. Yeah. And like he sort of showed us around and like, Cool. Those are all good surfers. It's, dude, just amazing. It make me feel like a total <laughs> terrible surfer. Yeah. Well, they get a head start on you, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's just so many people you could, they're just out there like windmill paddling. Like, And it, I borrowed a, a, a 12, I think it was maybe 11 6 skip fried glider. Oh that my sounds God. amazing. Was, you know, you can, I mean, the, the wave of it, is, it doesn't even begin to break. Even and you're thought in, about it. Yeah, yet. you're into it. So you're <laughs> like, 200 yards out the back from everybody else and just like cruising in and yeah it's, but it's like all of California I, think, I don't know why it's like maybe it's just like a fitness thing like people just go out surfed and stay fit but it's just like the ratio is so low really actual good surfers there mm-hmm. I don't know probably have like a bunch of emails and messages like you're an idiot <laughs> never come back to California yeah, <laughs> but how is it turning that that uh, skip fry? Could you turn it or just yeah. kind of like lean into well, it, or how you? You're not going to whip it thing. around, but yeah, you, you get really far back on the tail and just co- sort of like lean towards the back of the tail block, yeah. and it. Yeah, I mean, it, they turn. Get yeah, really far back on the tails, or like three feet still behind yeah, you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, funny. Dude. Those are beautiful boards. I've seen. I had never of, ridden a glider, and CJ had it into the back of his van. He was just like go for it okay wow. you know and how big of a van does he have he he's got one of those big, of yeah he's got one of those big mercedes sprinter yeah. vans and yeah fit inside Goodness. he's got the floor where like i think he can fit 15 20 boards in that yeah, thing yeah. now yeah that's like the thing out there though everybody you know especially the sano crew mm-hmm. like they all park right there on the beach and like you know party out out of your van yeah, and, just yeah stay sleep cool. there stay there and yeah. just camp out all day. when we, we went there and it was gus paddled out at like six right mm. i had to like drag him out of the water to go get some food <laughs> at 4 30 like we went into san clemente and got like some ice cream that's funny. and then he went back out immediately till dark we didn't see him until after dark i'm like dude you're just an iron man yeah but to get to california i'm not leaving yeah it was just like never wanted to get out of the water <laughs> but I mean, to have him riding boards and then giving me feedback on them, like, you know, that orange board that he was riding today, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, a, you know, something we've been working on, on the nose shape a little bit, because that's the, like a weird, it's a little different of a nose than a lot of long boards, but... How so? It's, um, it's got a scoop nose, so... On the top? On the deck? On, it's yeah, it's like the front it? third is kind of like a flat deck, mm-hmm. and the bottom has like the traditional nose rider concave... But then the outside, the rails is like a triplane, kind of like the old school triplane, and meaning you have like three surfaces. Yeah, so you've got you've got the nose concave, and then on the outside, a little bit of a bevel rail, which thins that rail out. Which, you know, maybe in my head I'm wrong, but like you can stick that into the wave face. You kind of stand on that inside rail. Mm -hmm. I was riding it the other day, and like two days ago, where it was tiny, but you kind of just put the nose into the wave and it just lifts up like it just cool. gives you that extra little bit of lift which you know i think there's a few little tweaks i can make to it but mm-hmm. it should be fun and i mean 
having somebody who's a really good surfer do feedback on it is it's great because <laughs> i'm not like i'm a mediocre surfer surfer at best <laughs> like it's cool to make boards for people who surf them to their potential you know way higher than i could ever yeah. do it so interesting like, and were you guys working on that board already and then his the other one got stolen yeah. so you kind of like ramped up yeah exactly the production i think on that to get i think it. i had like when his board got stolen i had the blank but i hadn't really started it you know and yeah i was like well i guess i'll do this one next <laughs> but yeah i think somebody somebody saw said they saw someone surfing it the other day yeah, we were, we were talking about Atlanta today. That one guy was like, yeah, I saw somebody. I was small. There's two people out, but somebody was riding a board. That's wild. No, I think eventually somebody will end up finding it. Well, if somebody's riding it at the poles, it's bound to turn up. Because whoever stole it is yeah. an idiot. Cause, yeah, or they I mean, sold it to somebody, and someone has it now who doesn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just not really hooked into Not want to be that person. No. Because no. there's a few people out there who are who know it and who yeah, hopefully, out of hopefully they who, uh, ask a couple questions before they assault <laughs> vigilante justice style. Because you broke the code, and now you must pay. But oh my goodness! I mean, it was cool though. Even though, you know, his board's gone. Like the community definitely came together, like raised money to get a new one. Really? Yeah, raised raised the money. I mean, just the stuff of the materials like just I wasn't aware of that. It was like a GoFundMe. Thing yeah, my, my really? wife set it up. Like no way. Yeah, dude, it took like a day. Like, yeah, I, I can imagine. Like, like almost a day, and we had, you know, it was like 450 bucks enough That's to awesome. buy a blank and some glass. Yeah. And so I'll start that one once I get a couple orders off my plate yeah. <laughs> after the holidays. Wow. But, yeah. Huh. You know, I think we had like 15 or 20 people donate. Like, it doesn't take too much, but and it was great. Like, and everybody knows Gus, you know. Like, yeah. So... Well, he's kind of his style really stands out. Well, he's the most friendly person in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else who knows so many people as Gus. Like every person who walks down the beach, oh hey Gus, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's somebody you want to talk to. I, the first time I ever saw him was at uh, was at Jetty's, and the waves are really fun. It was like he was having more fun than anybody surfing, like just laughing and like just big old grin on his face he's the happiest paddle back out it's just kind of like I want to say hello to this guy exactly. he's just super stoked right now yep he's and just, just really good surfer. he's a great surfer he's happy all the time and he's like you know some people you, you meet and they're like super positive but feels a little a little patronizing yeah. he's not like that at all like oh, he's very it's like the most genuine happiness ever like that's why we hang out like he's just hard to be sad around Gus he's like a jet ski of a, if a it was a person. A jet ski. <laughs> you can't be sad. So if on Gus a jet is ski. a person. He's a jet ski. He's a jet ski. That's right. <laughs> he's a machine. He's a jet ski. If you're a machine, what, what would you be? Oh, I don't know. Probably an old car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like an I old like Bronco working. or something, or yeah, an Oldsmobile like, or something, or what? I, I, maybe just the Volkswagen. truck that I have, like like a uh, like a mid '90s Toyota. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. It's like my favorite truck. I don't know why. Yeah. Just something about them. It's cool. When I was looking for a vehicle, I was looking looking for yeah. one of those mid nineties, and I couldn't find. I couldn't I, find one. I lucked into that one, dude. I, I got it for super cheap. It was like, I want to say I paid like eighteen hundred bucks for it, and basically it had like somebody had fender bendered it on the the bumper. Mm-hmm. You know, so the bumper was like, you know, wrinkled or whatever. Yeah. Put a new bumper on, perfectly yeah. fine. Unbolt you know? the old one. Yeah. All on the new. 
Yep. So you work with, with tools. So some yeah. people are like, oh, the, the bumper's ruined. The dealership wants $3,000 for it, so I'm just going exactly. to get rid of it. And you're like, yeah. uh, yeah. And I'm, a, I'm like a car nut, so I love working on cars, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's like a no-brainer. Uh, man, I don't want to be a hater, but those new uh, 4Runners, is that what you're driving for? Yeah, it's a 4Runner. The, yeah. the new ones look like Transformers or something they like do. that. They do. those weird angles. They're super, like, got scoops and vents. I don't know. Yeah. It's just new cars. There's so many, like... A little much. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So you'd be a, a mid-90s Toyota. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of slow. <laughs> but but get you there. I'll get me there, yeah. I'll get you there. You see yourself shaping for the duration. Is that, like... Yeah, I mean, the whole day that you're gonna do forever. You that's the uh, that's kind of the best part about living in town is, is it, well, you you have a lot of those houses have like garages in the back. Yep. So I have a two car garage detached from my house. Yeah. And I've got the whole thing is just a shaping bay now, like nice. in the glassing area. So, I mean, spent a fair amount of time setting that up. I don't know mm -hmm. if I want to break it down. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, orders keep rolling in. I barely have time to make myself boards anymore, so that's a good problem. Have. Yeah, it's a good problem. Yeah. Well, I imagine you guys gotta have people like Gus and Corey riding your stuff who are just super friendly and so outgoing. Yeah. And this, this, I hate to say this, but I was thinking it, about this Gus story. Like, as many people put the word out about that missing board, yeah. you probably got your name yeah. out of there. Well, and I was, I was like, I, I didn't want to, like try to get marketing off of it like I was like I'm not I'm just gonna let my wife do it because it's all in her name and stuff I'm yeah. like but even still like I didn't post anything on my page except oh this board's stolen or whatever mm -hmm. but even still like tons of people just noticed you know because mm -hmm. he would tag whatever in the, yeah. the description but yeah I mean it it was kind of a a nice little bump I guess yeah, <laughs> but you know talk about the uh where the name came from because you told me oh yeah you sent me a message about that it was so, really cool about your father-in-law yeah so he he passed away when my wife was like 18 and so we ended up like but you knew him because you knew yeah, him yeah right? yeah yeah so we all all through high school and then y'all dated in high school mm -hmm. right so you knew yeah. him as a yeah for, father for years lady, yeah. Right? yeah he's like a super I mean he actually wasn't but like when I was a kid like super intimidating <laughs> like he was like real successful business guy and like yeah. he's actually you know, totally cool now that I think back about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at a certain age, as a 15 year old it, yeah. dating his daughter, it was scary. But, uh, so he, he had like a cool art collection and he gave us this one piece of art and it's, it's like, what's my logo? Like it's that like weird fish Is bird it? thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, um, he, he was in new Orleans at like an art fair or something and was just going into like one of the booths and saw that painting and, he asked the lady, and she's like this really old Creole lady. Oh, cool. And he's like, hey, wh what is this? And she looked at him like real funky, like, what, you ain't never heard of a fish bird before? <laughs> and like, so he's like, well, I got to buy this now. You yeah. Know? And I don't know, I just thought it was cool. Like, she had this funky concept, which obviously no one knows about, mm -hmm. right? The Creole but lady. She, yeah, yeah, but she has so much confidence in it, you know, just like knew exactly what it was and it's that's a, that's your problem if you don't know what it is <laughs> and so uh and also on it it says i can see the good in you what about you man that's kind of like a you know it's always been in our house and yeah. like try to see the good in in everybody especially the world is polarized as it is right now mm -hmm. but i don't know keep that mindset you can make a lot of friends with a lot of different yeah different uh, experiences and opinions and 
variety is the, the spice cool. of life. You know? mm -hmm. so that's the that's why I use it as my logo. But when you decided to shape boards, and I guess at some point you shaped a couple, and then you yeah. saw one, and you were gonna at for some, somebody else. Yeah, I was like, logo. I need a brand, I need a logo, and I thought about it for a while, and like, it's like, I'll just do that. Like that's cool. And I'm, you know, shoot. According to him, like he was, she was probably like ninety at the time. Wow. So it's that's like. Cool. I mean, I'm sure she's dead. Yeah. Which is kind of bad yeah, to say, of but like, I don't, you know, it's just a cycle of life, man. Right, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, well, not like stealing someone else's art for my logo, but uh, she would, would be stoked. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I've thought about it for a while. I'm like, man, is it even right to use somebody else's? But I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I not that so. you need permission from me, but it's all right. Like as an artist, to make to make something, whether it's like something you make, you're like, yes, or something you make. The, you know how yeah. we make things we're like this is cool but whatever and then yeah. it plants a seed somewhere which you know yeah, decades later turns into something else it's, it's yeah. pretty cool man. well that's what I hope just making boards like you know I'm not making competition boards I'm not trying to win contests out there so I just want people to surf be happier with them you know have something they enjoy and they think is cool and hang up in their house maybe absolutely <laughs> well, they're beautiful boards I like the, the, the yeah I like doing the crazy color. You know what's gonna happen is one day your you your whole crew you'll take a road trip to California. Yeah. Right. You'll load up a bunch of boards. You'll stop in New Orleans for some lunch, and somebody's gonna be, oh my god, hey, that's that lady's logo. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, all come there. back full. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool though. It yeah, would be cool. Yeah. And then when it happens, you'll be like, oh, I remember we were talking about this happening on the porch that one day, and look at there it is. Hey, man, manifesting. Yeah, so do you do the you do all the tints and the color yeah. stuff? Yeah, I sort of taught myself glassing, you know, which was a, a very steep learning curve. You know? Yeah. yeah it's, um, that's, I'm not going to say harder than shaping, but there's way more steps involved, and, yeah. and it's, you can mess up a whole board, you know, if you do them wrong. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and that's, that's one of the things about the community here is, like, uh, like in California, a lot of shapers don't do their own glassing. They just drop it off at a glass house. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Mike has glassed, I think, every board he's ever made. Wow. Yeah, Ghetto does all of his own glassing. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of guys here that do their own glassing. And I think it's just because we don't have a glass house here, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Well, didn't we with the Dragon Factory, or was that not a glass house? Yeah, they were for a while. I don't know exactly... They're not... What? Awkward yeah, I think it's a bar now or something like yeah. an event space. But uh, space. But they, um, I think Mike was doing some of the laminations, and I, I don't know. I never actually went over there, but yeah, I know they do events there now. Really? But, yeah. I went there. I got when Rhino was shaping out of there, and I, my last board I got from him, we went. I took the girls over to yeah, show them, and you know. It was it was really nice. It was a beautiful yeah. build out they did. Well, the one, two one or two of the guys they had working there were like world class laminators. Like, and I think I I want to say the guy Derek that's working for Mike now. Or I don't even know if he works for him. I think he just uses Mike's space and does mm -hmm. his own company. But um, man, he's like an excellent laminator. The yeah. stuff he does is just wild. Like, I think he worked for like for uh, Channel Islands and their factory for a while. So, yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, um, you work for Channel Islands, you definitely know what yeah. you're doing. A lot of talent. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so 
Nick was it Nick Batista, the chiropractor? Yeah, Biata. Biata, is that you say his last name? Yeah, super nice guy because he started to shape some fishes and yeah. stuff. He rides his fishes really well, but dude, how good of a surfer is he, man? Mm-hmm. He's just excellent. Like so, I don't know. Never like never seen him kooking <laughs> he's just always out there ripping it even on like crappy days so. yeah yeah I, I ordered a fish because of him because we were out it's been a couple of years ago now it was a pretty beefy swell and uh i was like man you're going a million miles an hour on that red board you guys like yeah it's like i'm he's a little bit younger than me a couple of years but he's like it's like i'm getting a little older he's like and I'd rather go fast and turn less than be able to turn more and go slow. I was like, yeah. It's like, say that again? That was a th- I was like, I filed that one away. <laughs> well, and I, I get to the beach and I'm like, right now I need a fish. The fish is the right fast. board for that, man. They go, <laughs> go super fast and, and not vertical, but you can still do some turns on Yeah, that. around here for sure because the waves aren't all that fast. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and he, but he told me because I saw him, he shaped the board and his wife, you know, she's a great artist. She colored mm-hmm. it. I asked him like, "Did you glass that board too?" He's like, "No." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he 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 messaged me like you know a, a few questions and stuff. He's like, "Maybe I should just have somebody glass this for me." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I could do it," but I'm I, when he messaged me, I was like, probably a month out on orders, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, Mike's so much faster yeah. on, on glassing stuff. He's got a he's got more space to be honest. Like he's just mm-hmm. got a sweet setup in there, which you kind of need for that. Yeah, though, man. I think he's like two weeks and then he's done oh, wow. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I got those two blanks in my house. I'm excited to shape them, yeah. but I'm scared to glass them. I'm not even a very good ding repair, man. It's just patience, man. I don't, yeah. I'll just, like, slap on the sun cure, let it dry with all the spikes, sand it down a little bit, and I'm out the water. Yeah, I, which I'm, you can't do if you're glassing a board, right? Not patient, when you're, not if you're glassing them for the first time, yeah. Like, I don't even fix my dings. Like, I'll just, like, let the board rot and make another one. <laughs> like, it's so bad. But, yeah, I mean, you, funny. Yeah, patience is, is definitely part of it. But then there's, like, laminating, you got to be fast, too. Like, because yeah. the resin will start to kick and your rails won't be wrapped underneath yet. Yeah, yeah. And so you, I, I try to do it in, like, seven minutes or less. Really? You know? But it says, like, a two-hour process before you get to that seven minutes, and then you got to go. Well, it's all in the setup then, right? Yeah, so you yeah, set it up right. properly. Then it goes right, yep. And there's, it's weird. There's like, you know, I messed up a couple boards, but like when you add tents for whatever reason, the way it looks, it's so cool. I, yeah, me too. I love, some people don't like it, but I, I, it's what I'm into. You so. could not like that. Yeah. But, but like some colors kick off faster than others, like blue for uh-huh. some reason. And maybe it's just the tent I'm using, but like, you know, I did like a long board and it was like the Mexican blanket. So yeah, it's like a bunch yeah, of stripes. Yeah. So everywhere there's a blue stripe. There's like some dried, clumped resin underneath, and like you know, screwed the whole board up. Like yeah. had to grind the whole rails down and yeah. fix it. But yeah, it's like a it's a learning process. But now I love it. Like it's probably my favorite part is is laminating. Yeah. It's finishing. Mm-hmm. Like for years, I would I didn't make my own frames with my prints uh, yeah. and stuff. That's cool. I'd make these and I'd give them to people, but yeah. I never thought about okay, well then somebody said, get a frame and all that kind of stuff. And now my favorite part about doing the prints is making a super frame. nice frame cool. and like putting the, the acrylic sheet in there and just yeah. ready to hang ready to go Sweet. did you know uh, Ryan Alton from uh, St. Augustine I have I, I think I follow him yeah yeah. I've never met him a good buddy of mine just grew up with that guy yeah but he's from like North St. Augustine Volano Beach yeah, and he Volano. shapes and glasses and so oh, yeah. much too what is, what is his um, what's his label because the name sounds super familiar Alton 
Right, yeah, he makes yeah. furniture and all kinds of stuff. He's a lot. I've, I've never met him. We've kind of yeah. talked here and there, but he, I well, would assume he's a lot like you. Oh, yeah, you're big Just on a like, craftsman, and that's the cool part about social media. You know, you like mm-hmm. kind of know people before you know them. Yeah, and then you meet them, and it's like, oh, I know you. Yeah, yeah. We, my friend KT, he went to high school together or something like that. And Ryan and I've talked about collaborating on. Uh, he wants to build some Elias or Elias. Yeah, and yeah. send me do some kind of some of my some stuff on them. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. It's like we're actually talked about doing it this winter, so it should be fun. Yeah, I've never, never ridden an Elias. Me either. Finless, you were saying earlier. Yeah, I know. You know. The only times I've tried Finless, it's like so hard. <laughs> it's just, and the, actually, the day we were at San Onofre, that Ryan Ryan Birch was out there, and he had this like, I don't know, it was like probably six feet, and it looked like a wave storm, mm-hmm. but it was fiberglass. It had those like weird down rails and a super hard bottom yeah and uh dude he was just out there just doing stuff that i can't even fathom like like he'd drop in way out the back on it and then just like spin all the way to the inside i don't know i think it's just something you got to commit time to yeah figure out but and the ways for it like we just don't really have no they're so punchy yeah the wind swells are not great for that kind of stuff you think you need a longer wall Derek Hine you know Jeffrey's Bay and all that some of the stuff he's doing there it's just crazy you could probably do it up the right day on the jetty yeah you know where it breaks kind of slow down the rocks yeah so tomorrow take off your fins yeah I might yeah I have to bring a board that actually has not glassed in fins on it Mm. I glass in most of my fins because all my stuff's so thin like, yeah super foiled out huh. but, I never noticed how thin your boards were all checked yeah I don't know why I just like it's super super thin tails they just bite in so good and mm-hmm. like I don't know <laughs> just without going into too much convoluted shaper yeah jargon <laughs> but I like I like the thin tail a lot of hold it's fun when it gets really steep on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you just like stick that rail into the inside and, and tuck in. Nine times out of ten, you get exploded in the sand. But the <laughs> but one time one it time works, it's cool, yeah. Cool. Well, before I shake my little mid-link, I'll have to pick your brain about that. Yeah. Uh, so some shorter questions. What uh, What's the best wave you've ever surfed? Oh, I mean... There's something about San Onofre that I just love. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's like, you stay there the whole, for the whole day and the wave changes so much. Like, you know, high tide, it breaks, you know, completely different than it does at low tide. And certain tides you can get, I mean, you're a quarter mile out. You can yeah. ride all the way to the beach. Nice. And, it, you know, you can go left and then it breaks back right. And then it stands up steeper. And I don't know. It was just so much fun the days we were there that... I don't know. That's probably the the most fun wave, anyway. And then you get the scene on the beach too. Probably. Yeah, there's like a lot the big, of hanging out. The big fire pits and people are hanging out and yeah, it's cool. What's uh What's a wave that you would love to surf but you haven't? Uh, I don't know why, but there's something about Honolulu Bay that just looks so fun. <laughs> yeah, it just look the way that wave barrels and and runs off. It just looks so fun. Yeah, and it's uh. I don't know if you follow. You follow like the WSL. Oh yeah, absolutely. like the women's. The yeah, women's right is, now is yeah. Right they got now. a swell coming there too. And they've got that three-way, the three-way surf off potentially. Ooh. So you've got the three top girls like Carissa Moore, Lakey Peterson, and Caroline Marks, mm-hmm. and they all could technically tie, and then they'd have to have a surf off. Like one heat. 
Yeah, basically they'd all be <sighs> thrown be into a sick. heat together. And then the top two are also qualifying for the Olympics. So there's like this huge wow, amount of pressure of on rad. that. Yeah, it's like so cool. Man. But I love all those surfers. And I love, being from Florida, I'd love to see Caroline. I but, know. I mean, I, I can't see uh, Carissa not taking it, man, because she freaking yeah, especially a, especially in Hawaii, she's so know? good. Yeah, her surfing suits that wave so well. It's a it's weird that she doesn't just win everything. I know. I think just the headspace, you know, like they were saying about yeah. it. You ever read uh, Barbarian Days, William Finnegan? Mm-mm. He won a Pulitzer Prize. I don't know if it's for that book, but some he's a really good author. He's a surfer. Sweet. Obviously, but it, it and it's about his life of surfing. Oh, okay. Um, but from what I've heard, people who don't surf who've read that book, they just love it. Really? Uh, but I say that because he spent. I mean, he grew up in like the seventies or something like that. He was kind of just nomadic for a while. Now he writes for the yeah. New Yorker and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. For but uh, yeah, but he he camped out at Honolulu Bay for years, That's and awesome. the way he writes about that wave. Back in the seventies and stuff, yeah. when the pin, when the short it dry, it's just such a good read, yeah. man. Highly recommend it. Uh, I don't read too much. I probably should read more. Yeah, same. <laughs> but, I love the read back But I love like, you know, kind of weird, obscure stuff like that. So, well, what's uh, what's the last interesting book that you read? A lot of stuff I read is like, it's like nonfiction, mm-hmm. like historical nonfiction. Yeah. So I've been reading this book called the The Great War for Civilization. Ooh. It's about like the past hundred years of foreign policy in the Middle East, and so like it's written by this guy named Robert Fisk, who's like a war journalist. Yeah, yeah. I know Robert Fisk. And it's just like a compilation of. It's broken up like each chapter is like a country, so wow. like Afghanistan, Iraq, wow. Yemen, that sort of thing. Okay. And yeah, it's just wild. Like you have a history in those places. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like, and then you look at it's like, the stuff we do today, you know, it's like well. You, it's not going to make any sense in, in today's context, especially when you compare it to everything that went on 50 years ago. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of just blindly taking shots in the dark at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of those things, like, my brother is a, he's like an intelligence analyst, and so he, he's got, like, a one of those jobs where you can't, you can't tell you what he does, but he's, he does something... Yeah, with, I can't tell you what I do, but read yeah. this book. He does something in turn. Yeah, that's who gave it. That's who recommended. It. He's like, oh, read this book, and uh, yeah, he's got very strong opinions on Turkey and all that. So, wow. you know, it's fascinating. But, yeah, that's just the last one. Actually, I'm not done with it yet, but yeah, probably not something you read in an afternoon. It's long. I think it's like 1,300 pages. So wow. yeah, it's been, <laughs> I've been reading it in a while. Yeah. Uh, what's the most interesting place you've ever been? Give me more than one answer. I think um, most interesting place. It's kind of a weird, kind of a weird uh, out there, but upstate New York. Mm. I love living in upstate New York. Mm. Like, it's obviously not the city. Like, we're, yeah. you know, just the nature there is just gorgeous. Like, big hardwood forests and waterfalls and and little cute little towns. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't know. It's just something. We'll eventually buy a con like a cabin up there at nice. some point. You know. So. Yeah, I had a friend who had a cabin up off at Taconic Parkway up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, I'd never been to that part of the country. It's I was like, beautiful. what? This is New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, my wife was like was in, cool. in college as a nanny, and like for like a real wealthy family in Palm Beach, and they had a summer house up there. Oh yeah. And so we traveled with them, nice. and so we just decided to move up there. Really? After, yeah, after she quit, like she was working from home, 
like, let's just move to New York. That was kind of awesome. like your dad and Keys were like, move to the Keys. Yeah, or move to New York. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What about a place that you want to go? Honolulu Bay aside. Place just like, like outside of surfing, I just think. Just whatever, yeah. Could be surf related or not. Probably, probably be either Peru or, or um, maybe like, not, uh, maybe Singapore. City, like just this, it's like a city state. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a different structure of society than yeah. I've ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, and the food is supposed to be awesome. You know, they've got like the whole street hawker scene, yeah. which, I mean, noodles are my favorite so thing good. ever. <laughs> Asian food is delicious. Dude, all I eat is carbs. I'm just like the carb monster, which has rubbed off on my son. Now all he eats is like food that's white. <laughs> so bad. Well, it's working for you. You look like you're in good shape, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Good. I feel like I'll have a heart attack when I'm 40, even though well, I'm there's staying. that, so. Yeah. But not because of, of obesity. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Nice. How about uh, favorite music we like to listen to? Oh, I like like so many different types of music like what were you listening to today today when we got out of the car we were listening to like 90s rap <laughs> cool yeah but then like i mean a part of it's just spotify you know mm-hmm. like, or it just plays all your music yeah so i've got stuff that's like bluegrass from the 40s nice. all the way to you know not techno music but like dubstep kind yeah, of down tempo yeah. stuff <laughs> and yeah, just anything, like whatever the mood's right. Damn but tempo. before surfing, it's always like weird, like kind of psychedelic rock. I mm-hmm. love psychedelic rock when I'm surfing. Your boards are kind of psychedelic. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. My favorite, when I think about when I live the Riverside, one of my like, uh, like the images or feelings is burned in my brain is we had a garage like you did too. Yeah. Or do. And I used to work out there and I would uh, listen to uh, David Luckin's Electro Lounge. Yeah, definitely. Stuff. Yep, I know what you're talking about. Working out there, getting you know it's like this time of year, so it's kind of cool outside. I've got the music going, can kind of hear the highway in the background. Yeah. I'm like, this is very cool, creative. This, this city is the life best right time here. of year. I will say that right in in Jacksonville, like the late fall, winter. Mm. That's my favorite time. So good. Uh, how about food? Like, if you could sit down and eat any dinner or whatever you wanted to, what's your go-to? Oh, uh, there's this place. You know, I'm like a, a uh, I don't know, call it like a foodie or whatever, but I love foods and chefs and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a restaurant in Peru called Central. In Peru. Yeah, in Peru, and so that's part of the reason I want to go to Peru. <laughs> to get and so restaurant. it's like you know, it's like it's a excellent. tasting menu. So they have like I don't even know ten or twelve courses. So mm-hmm. each course is derived from ingredients at certain altitudes. So like the first course is like seaweed and urchins and like weird seafood stuff that's basically collected off the seashore that's an interesting process. yeah and then you know peru's like got these highlands yeah. that are thousands of feet up so they go up in elevation as you progress wow. through the dinner and that's probably like probably the most like if i could choose a meal it'd be that one wow. yeah just super cool and it, since it's in peru i think it's like you know if you went to that in or san francisco or whatever it'd be like <laughs> yeah yeah, eight hundred bucks yeah. or whatever. There, I think it, I think it's 20, like 15, I think it's like a hundred dollars, basically oh, wow. American. And it's no brainer for a, a mind blowing food experience. Yeah, exactly. and they go surf Chikama afterwards. Exactly on your yep. way to Machu yep. Picchu. Yeah, I, I I don't know if my wife's figured out that Peru has sick waves, but she will once we go. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to Peru, but not to the coast. 
sadly, one day. That's yeah. on my list, too. When I, in junior high school, went to Fletcher, oh, yeah. we had a little surf club, which was just hanging out before school watching surf movies. Yeah. And the guy who sponsored it had been to Peru a couple of times, and he would just, like, put on Peru, like, VHS that he yeah. made surf movies, and, like, talk story was made. You know what's cool is UNF has a... Um, a shaping class ah, yes how cool is that man well have you gone in to talk to the shaping class? I haven't He so he at least the account like UNF shaped I don't even know who runs it right? yeah. but he followed me the other day I need to start I need to send him a message and see what's up because I I'm shaping uh, or glassing a board that one From of the one people, of those yeah cool. that, that one of her I guess she got sick and couldn't finish it yeah yeah so I'm just finishing it up for her you, you I think you should go out there and talk to the man I have a friend who teaches uh She's a drawing, painting professor out there. Yeah. And I, she asked me to come out and talk to her class a couple of weeks ago. It was so fun, man. It's Just being in that environment. It was, it was I cool. can't imagine having a shit. Like, I, I would have been like, oh, I don't need a finance degree. <laughs> I would have <laughs> signed up for that class in a heartbeat yeah. if it was offered when I went to you and it. That would have been great. Parents were like, you're doing what? I'm like, yep. Be a shaper. What, uh, last question. What, uh, what makes you the happiest in life? Oh, oh, man. Just seeing my kids on the beach, super cool. Like, you know, when we get everybody around and all the friends around and mm-hmm. everybody's happy and playing and trading off, surfing. and That's like the, I don't know if you can't be much more happy than that, you know. That's true. Everybody's chill and there's waves. got to be waves, you know. It can't be flat. <laughs> <laughs> Something all right. But that's a, he's big on like women surfing. It's like. Dude, if, if if the mom crowd like the all the all the ladies that are out there, when I surf ten times more since I've met them yeah. than than I did before, I mean, yeah. I'm super thankful for that. So, but yeah, it's just well, it's gonna be fun and funny when this whole generation of uh, like parents our age, when we're all grandparents, and then those kids are the parents with their kids. Like, can you imagine what the polls look like? Oh in my gosh, yeah, twenty five years. Well, and, and <laughs> now like. Awesome. The kids, they're getting, you know, they're five, so this summer mm-hmm. they'll be six. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they'll be, you know, they were picking it up this summer, kind of the tail end of the summer, standing up, going, you know, some of them are even starting to turn down the line a little bit. Oh, yes, so it it's won't coming. Be, it won't be long. They'll be cutting us off. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, my youngest, India, she's six, and this yeah. summer for the first time, she's asked me to push her into waves. Yeah. Because I've been really kind of like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. like, force her to do anything, just do what I love and they'll come around and yeah. man yeah that whole grommet generation is going to be that's how prim is like I don't killing it she I can't like force her into something she just sort of freezes up and doesn't want to do it yeah. but if you let her discover it she's into it it's, it's and jam. like her birthday's in August and she's we're out on the beach for the birthday she's like I want to go surfing <laughs> and yeah man just push her in stood up on a couple waves uh, and yeah. it's like it's cool so, it's good good stuff man appreciate you uh, talking to yeah it was fun cool awesome waves this morning mm-hmm. pretty fun what are you doing next going back home or what back yeah, to the back to the go back to the reality. Reality. <laughs> go back alright well I, I can't say enough uh, how much I appreciate Tal taking the time to get together. I, I just, I've always wanted to shape a surfboard. I got a couple blanks I'm going through. Uh, I'll probably just do a couple of them. If I just respect somebody who commits their life to to be being a craftsman, making art that's functional, it's just it's just super cool. And um, you know, going forward in the future, 
surfboards are becoming more environmentally friendly, which is important. And uh, there's just so many shapes and sizes these days. It's a good good time to be a surfer. So if you're not into it, you check it out for sure. And check out uh, Tal's uh, label, his boards, Fishbird. Um, and uh, I appreciate you guys spending time. This is uh, Snake Oil Medicine Show, Caroline Pond. We're going to leave you with uh, some of their tunes again. My name is John Lynn. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Mr. Lynn Prince. And my art is at Dutton Island. You can also, uh, I got all of my artwork and stuff at duttonisland.com. D-U-T-T-O-N island.com. My prints and whatnot. And uh, yeah, have a happy holidays and we'll catch you next time. Digging it, digging it, digging it, digging it deep, digging it deep. That's a promise to keep. Give love, give light. You can feel it in your sleep. Digging dough, digging ray, me digging fossola before I go to dough again. If a spot of tea is possible, when you need love, give it, give it away. Give love out everywhere, and you'll find it stays. If your soul feels weak, you gotta dig it deep. Sink back into the lore and yell, holler. It's ironic. Sip a laugh from a hollow log. Wake up, wake up, time to be strong. Wake up, wake up, the world needs your song. Time to sing along. A repeating refrain, it goes. Mind your head. As the doors on the train close. Plain clothes, uniform, birthday suit. Love light, love song, scuba dee scoot. Dig a deep. Smile upon your face. Don't let your heart feel this disgrace Of the state of affairs that we're in right now Don't be wrinkling your brow Now I gotta dig deep, deep in the ground There's so much love to go all around Standing on your own to be Listening to your heartbeat and follow that sound Now I gotta dig deep, deep in the ground there's so much love to go all around Standing on your own two feet Listening to your heartbeat and follow that sound Now I gotta dig a deep, deep in the ground There's so much love to go all around Standing on your own two feet Listening to your heartbeat and follow that sound Now I gotta dig a deep, deep in the ground There's so much love to go all around Standing on your own two feet, listening to your heartbeat and follow that sound. Now I gotta dig a deep, deep in the ground. There's so much love to go all around. Standing on your own two feet, listening to your heartbeat and follow that sound. I gotta dig deep, deep in the ground. There's so much love to go all around. Standing on your own two feet, listening to your heartbeat and follow. Yeah.